The biggest problem that is faced by many Christians today is that they want to have a little bit of Yeshua today, a little bit of Yeshua tomorrow. And and, you know, we, we take him piece by piece. We we kind of take it slow and because we're too afraid of letting completely go of the world. Because we kind of want a part of the world and we kind of want what Yeshua has to offer. We kind of want it all because it's, it's we want to concoct this thing that we want for ourselves. But God says, if you want uh, to partake in the Passover, if you actually want that blood on your doorpost, there is a certain means of doing so. You must commit. You cannot say, oh, I'll leave some of it for the morning. I'll leave some of Yeshua for tomorrow. When, when in the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, 14, Paul writes and he says, Timothy, do not neglect the gift that was given to you. Do not let the fire go out. Do not let what God is giving you pass away because you put him off for tomorrow. God is calling us back to a deeper place than ever before because he wants to entrust us with greater things than ever before. But it's going to mean that we need to be willing to give him greater pieces of our life. Greater sacrifice is what the Holy Spirit desires. You see, when Yeshua was on that cross, pierced in his side and blood and water poured out, you must understand that the water representing the Holy Spirit and the blood representing the sacrifice to the blood that was spilled for our sins, the remission of our sins. You need to understand that ultimately it is like at the wedding of Cana, the, the water was turned to wine representing blood. We have the, the, the first plague in Egypt. The water is turned again into blood. Why? Because ultimately the Holy Spirit leads us to the blood, to the spilling of blood, to the sacrifice that we must make in our lives. And yes, it's a different type of sacrifice, a living sacrifice. You see, Yeshua, God says, look, my Holy Spirit, I give to you and people are like, yes, give me Holy Spirit. I want Holy Spirit. But they don't understand that what the Holy Spirit requires and asks of us is a great sacrifice on our end to give our lives, ambitions and everything that you want up this day to have him. You see, people have said, oh, you get Jesus for free. You don't have to do anything. That's the biggest lie ever. It's a it's an insult to the gospel and the cross because he wants your life. There is sacrifice that he demands. He said to Peter, give up everything and follow me. Leave it all behind and follow me. Rich man, sell all you have and follow me. And the one who is not willing to do that, to die to himself and pick up his cross is not worthy to be my disciple is what Yeshua says. Don't tell me there's no cost. Don't tell me that there is nothing to give up here. God says, I need you to make a sacrifice too. I gave you my son. What will you give? I died for your sins. I was the one who actually faced the sins of the world on my shoulders. What will you give up to follow me? See, brothers and sisters, it's time. The time is up for us to be one foot in the world and one foot in God's kingdom. He will push us out. There is no gray area. There is no lukewarm that those are vomited out of his mouth. There is hot or cold. Who are you? I would rather that you be cold and unbelieving than in between lukewarm. And if you don't understand what I'm going on about, 
It's because you don't understand how temporary this world really is. And that's why when God instructed regarding the Passover, he said in Exodus 12 verse 11, in this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. You see, there's two things you must see in here. First off, he says, go in haste. You see, when Israel was about to leave Egypt, they were ready to leave. While the world and those in Egypt, they thought, what is there to leave for? We are comfortable here. We have everything we need. And so it is in the world. People in the world are comfortable here. They say, where do we have to go? We have a good life here. There's nothing better to go to. This is how we live and this is how we die and this is it. But the reality is different. The reality is that there is a new world to come where all will be judged and all will stand before God. And that this life is actually but a vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes away forever. But yet this hope of resurrection is what we all hold to. But this does mean that we don't sleep like the nations do, that we are ready at any point to move in haste as the Lord calls us to do. Always be willing to not get too attached to the world, but willing at a moment's notice to give it all up for whatever he calls us to, whatever his voice says. And notice what he says, that they need to make sure that they have a a belt fastened, saddles on their feet and a staff in their hand. Of course, these things are illustrated in our New Testament further. We have the belt of truth talked about as part of the armor of God. We have the the staff, which of course we know Moses used to do mighty works of the spirit. And then ultimately we have the sandals, which of course is reminiscent of how the prophet Isaiah speaks of how amazing are the beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of salvation. And this is what is described. Notice how what God is telling us to do while we wait, while we are ready at any moment to go in haste, he says, have all your evangelistic equipment ready. Just like what he told his disciples, Yeshua said, Jesus said just before he left, be ready for my Holy Spirit to come at any moment upon you and be ready to take my word to the nations, to Samaria, to Judea and everywhere across the world. You see this great commission is even illustrated here because Moses was one of the first evangelists who walked powerfully by the demonstration of the Spirit of God. That's why he used his staff. His staff split the sea. His staff broke the rock with water pouring out of it. And that rock was Christ. And that water was the living water, the manna from heaven. He was that manna. It all was connected to him. But the point is that it is all pointing also to how we are filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead so that we can do the commission. And so when we are doing Passover, when we are thinking about all of these things, we have to ask ourselves, Okay, yeah, 
What does it really mean to have a staff, a belt and sandals on? It all is about whether we are doing what Yeshua told us to do. Because really, when he comes back, he's going to ask you, do you have sandals on your feet? Are your feet the beautiful feet of those who have brought good news, salvation to the poor? Do you have the the belt of truth? Do you have the truth of who I am inside of you so that you can give it to others? And do you have the staff I have left for you, my Holy Spirit? But I want you to just think deeper about this. This is the thing that man struggle with. We always want to think about what are we to do in this story of salvation. But what you must also understand is that when Israel were saved and Egypt's firstborn died, what did Israel really do differently but have faith? Israel didn't even know what the Ten Commandments were in written form yet. They haven't received it yet. They hadn't gone to Mount Sinai yet, but yet they were saved. And so many in the world today are in Egypt. Many in the world are enslaved to the things of the world and they do not know God. But what they need to understand is that they can come and follow him and that he can wipe away their sins and that their own works aren't going to be what saves them and cannot save them. Because ultimately, if Moses came to Israel, they were like, and he was like, hey, Israel, you know what? We can break free from Egypt. We just need to rise up against Pharaoh. We need to just do this and that and think of all these man man made plans about how they're going to overcome Pharaoh and fight the chariots. And Israel would have been like, we can't do that, Moses. We know who we're up against. But see, it was because Israel believed they had faith in the living God, faith and that God was on their side. That was the thing. Think about this. That was the thing that motivated them to actually have the boldness to step out of Egypt. And it was when Moses showed the signs and wonders by the spirit of the living God that they saw and they were emboldened. How much more is that not what the world needs today? Is, does the world not need to see that demonstration of his spirit yet again? Does the world not need to see that their own works cannot save them, even though if they think they're a good person? It's not enough. But see, this means that we have this responsibility to bring good news to the contrite in heart. God calls sinners to shelter. He doesn't just come to point the finger at them. So that's why when he came to Israel, he didn't come and just point the finger and ask them why they're not doing better as human beings, why they have so many sins and why they have so many issues. Instead, he saved them first. That's what he did. Think about that. He saved them before they could do a thing really, except step out onto the water, except step out and believe. Then he saved them, snatched them out of slavery, and then he sanctified them. He gave them commandments. He made them holy. But see, that's what we need to demonstrate to the world. We are not supposed to be the people who just point the finger at the world and tell them what they're doing wrong. The world knows they're, they're convicted in their hearts already. What they need to see is the kindness, the power, the love of God. And then when they see the salvific power that he has, will they not then be inclined to listen more deeply about what they need to change? Of course, we preach repentance. Of course, that's important. It's always at the forefront of our preaching. 
But what I am saying is that if we don't preach the salvific power and love of God that has come for sinners first, we miss the mark. Because Yeshua said, look, I did not come for the righteous. I did not come for those who think they've got it all figured out. I have come for those who are sick. Does not those who are sick need a physician? And he was ironically speaking to the Pharisees who rejected him, who thought they were well, but they were the sickest of them all. And we have to be careful so that we walk in Yeshua's footsteps so that we similarly think, wow, I want to go to those who are sick. I want to go. I want to have a compassionate heart to those who are in sin, to those who are lost, who are enslaved in Egypt. I want the heart of Yeshua because that will unlock their hearts to receive the truth of the matter. I want to say a special thank you to our partners who have made this Passover teaching and every other teaching this month possible. If you want to join in helping make this channel possible, visit riseonfire.com.